Bitcoin, crypto bubbles, passive indexation. There's a lot of financial jargon out there. Old Mutual can help you make sense of it all and give you great advice to make the right decisions. If you've got a question or want to know how to get the most out of your money, call them on 0860 60 60 60 or speak to an old mutual financial advisor or your broker. Today's the day. Get great financial advice so you can do great things. Old Mutual is a licensed financial services provider. The Money Show on 702. Your number one news and talk station. So Nospers operates over 120 countries around the world. Half the, more than half the world is touched in some way by Nospers. 84% of its revenues come from outside the country. In other words, just 16% of Nospers is South African. Paul Teron, the managing director of Vestact, is that because the South African bit is getting smaller as people cancel DSTV and watch Netflix? Or is it simply because the rest of the beast is getting so much bigger, so much faster, Paul? Yep, it's the, the latter explanation, I would say, Bruce. I mean, um, the Nasdaq team many decades ago went out and started buying these, you know, e-commerce uh, business assets. They bought the 10-cent stake, which was a deal of a lifetime. So it's really become a, an emerging markets investment company. And really the compelling story here is that it allows in one purchase access to all of these fabulous businesses, Tencent you've mentioned, but there's also Mail.ru in Russia, a whole slew of new businesses in the food delivery area, classifieds. And to be perfectly honest, the the DSTV multi-choice business, while it is a strong uh, and profitable operation, uh, is not really where the main excitement is these days. No, it most certainly isn't. I mean, they do talk about it. Uh, the direct-to-home subscribers actually grew across the sub-Saharan Africa area. We, we sort of anecdotally see that, you know, um, I think about 100,000 uh, of the premium customers cancelled the DSTV contracts last year. It's a drop in the ocean. One wonders whether or not they make too much of a fuss over um, whether or not we should be regulating the likes of Netflix or not. Yeah, I think that is a bit of a storm in a teacup. I mean, while I'm busy talking to you, and the television above me is the World Cup feed, which I'm watching on Supersports Nigeria. I've scored, you'll be pleased to know. Lovely, good, yes. So, you know, I mean, if people canned their subscription, I wouldn't be surprised if a whole lot more reinstated it before the tournament because it is a compelling package in this market. There's nothing to touch it. I mean, there's obviously all those regulatory rumblings going on, but... I think that will continue to be a good business, provided they can keep their content procurement uh, bowl down. That's very tough, you know. I mean, to be able to buy all the movies and the sports is a, is a lot. Uh, and, you know, there are, of course, a few grumpy consumers who don't like paying for the premium package. But, you know, it's a value game. Yeah, look, you've got you've got two choices. You either pay the money or you cancel it. Um, 70, but 70, I mean, just to give you a sense of how unimportant DSTV is in the life, and I talk about DSTV because we can relate to it in South Africa. There are lots of dishes on homes all over the place. But 79% of Nasparta's business is related to the internet in some way or other, either e-commerce or content or whatever it might be. 79% of this is an internet business. This was 20, 20 years ago. It printed a couple of newspapers in Cape Town. Exactly, and we don't even talk about the newspapers anymore. That's like, you know, so much of a sub-note now. But look, the very important things are happening here. The e-commerce businesses are being downscaled. So, you know, they're sold out of Flipkart, which is a big player in India. 
They sold out of Souk. They're exiting Allegro and Net Retail, which are in Eastern Europe and around. What they're increasing their exposure to is, as I alluded to earlier, classifieds, which is mostly people selling cars and other collectibles. So that's Letgo and OLX, perhaps more importantly. They're beefing up their exposure to food delivery. They really think this is a very important area. So they're spending money there hand over fist. They say they're number one in 40 markets around the world. Mr. Delivery will be familiar to people here. Delivery Hero in Europe, something called Swiggy. Look, and I mean, you know, millennials, it seems, don't like to bother themselves uh, going to get their food. So this could be a big one. It could be a big one. And they want to be in the first division there. They're not going to try and compete with Amazon and the likes in e-commerce. Payments, they say, is important too. That's, you know, pay you and all that. And they say they're number one in seven of 17 markets. So that's good news. So I think what they're going to do is take the cash that they generate, including the cash from that piece of Tencent, which they sold, to get stuck in properly in that area, which, you know, I mean, to give management credit, at least they're trying to do something and create some momentum. They sit with $8.2 billion of cash on their balance sheet at year end, which is a heck of a lot of money. I'm not even sure if there are businesses out there that they could use to buy up, uh, you know, or spend that, but let's see what they can do. I mean, I wonder what we're going to call takeaways once everybody's getting their takeaways delivered to their homes and they're not even leaving their homes. Takeaway, you go to the shop, you take it away. Now somebody's delivering it to you. It's in-home. I don't know what we're going to call it. But yeah, um, it's changing the world. And it's also interesting that that classifieds business you refer to, I think, is making a profit for the first time as well. Classifieds always an integral part of newspapers 20, 30 years ago. And only now really is there a, a profit-making alternative in, in the digital world. Indeed. And as I said, cars is a very big part of that. There's also a lot of scope for money lending linked to uh, classifieds, you know, to facilitate the purchases and sales. Uh, but, you know, classifieds are interesting because, you know, you and I would say, well, who the hell is using those? But then it turns out there's like, you know, uh, a vertical which deals with people uh, buying and selling, you know, model trains. And it's massive, you know, and the people who are in there, can't get enough of it. So it is a good business. It is a good place to be. Essentially, NASPAR is a service engine for the world's nerds. This is true. Nerds of the world unite. Exactly. And Nospers is making money out of them. I mean, this is one that you've liked for a very, very long time. It peaked over 4,000 Rand last year when the Rand was weaker and the world was a different place. Now the world is going mad. The Rand is weaker. Uh, once again, the sort of six month lows this week. Um, is Nospers still worth a flutter? Absolutely. Look, uh, you know, to paraphrase Yogi Berra, 90% of investment is good analysis and the other half is patience. <laughs> Now, what I mean by that is, you know, this is a good opportunity for investors, but it is going to take time. A significant portion of the results presentation, which I know the management team will uh, be conducting in, you know, telephone calls and things over the weekend and Monday, deals with this issue of the discount. Because if you take the value of all the pieces and just 10 cents alone, there's this big discount. What uh, the management team of Chris Becker and Bob van Dijk are saying is that they've ruled out a second listing for Naspers somewhere else. They've also ruled out the idea of listing their 10-cent stake separately. But, Bruce, you know, nature abhors a vacuum and capitalism abhors a value discount. In other words, this value discount cannot continue. It will 
attract more and more attention and result in more and more pressure on the management team until something is done. So for the moment, they're ruling out some of these structures and they're ruling out some of these ideas. But there's no doubt in my mind that if we are patient, as Yogi Berra suggests, we should be, (laughs) that we will be paid in due course. And I can assure you, I'm not going to be selling any NASPAS shares and I would encourage people to buy more because it's only a matter of time. Paul Teron, thank you very much indeed. The Managing Director of Vestact, Paul Teron, on the line to us from Johannesburg this evening. Good results out of NASPAR today, getting a very firm stamp of approval and a really interesting global business out of Cape Town um, and uh, operating around the world. And, yeah, huge pressure on that management team to add the value, to extract the value, to close the discount window. And what Paul means by closing that discount window, I mean, the stake that NASPAR owns in Tencent is worth about... Two trillion rand or thereabouts. Nasbats, the whole of Nasbats is only worth about one and a half. But pick up on that point with Garth Curry, tonight's market commentator, in just a moment. Let's explain this principle of the discount and whether it's, and if is Paul correct in, his, in saying that, hold on a second, if there is this 25% gap in the value of, of 10 cent shares that are held in Nasbats relative to you going directly and buying in Hong Kong the 10 cent share, then why isn't Nasbats worth more? That discussion's an important one in a moment. The Money Show. The Markets. It's been an incredible week this week. It really has. With mining charter coming out and then NHI. I haven't seen this volcano of protest and objection to NHI, mostly because I don't think anybody believes actually it's going to happen. You just have to look at today's movements in the discovery share price to realize that the market doesn't seem at all perturbed. I mean, the fact that the health minister can come out yesterday and say, okay, here's the plan, which is not yet really a plan. It's like the first version of a plan nine years after uh, we saw NHI first muted in 2009, when then it was a completely unworkable plan. Um, We get the version coming out, and then it's like, so how much is this going to cost? Oh, I don't know how much it's going to cost. That's National Treasury's problem. Um, We haven't really thought this through. Garth Curry from Sunlum Private Wealth. I mean, you look at Discovery share price move today, and this isn't a, a company that the market is expecting to go out of business anytime soon as a result of the loss of the benefit of co-payments, for argument's sake. Evening, Bruce. No, definitely not. I mean, this Discovery has been a phenomenal stock moving into their new buildings, and look, and hopefully shortly we'll hear from them on on the new on the new bank bank. September. September is coming fast. I mean, and they've got their bank going. And Michael Jordan was tweeting pictures today of his mainframe. Only nerds can do that and think that this is a beautiful mainframe. <laughs> um, and and putting this uh, and suddenly this we're getting this frisson of economic activity where people are willing to bring and invest money into new projects in South Africa because there is great opportunity and it's worthwhile investing. It's definitely some opportunities, Bruce. But we've seen. I mean, on that space with the health board, we saw Discovery and we saw quite a few of, of the health companies, Netcare and a couple of others coming down. But you've seen, by, by when they looked at it... tiniest bits yesterday, there was yeah, hardly a big knee-jerk reaction. The market looked at it and then started to read the actual figures and see that it's 2026 and it's going to take a while. So there's been a lot of push. I'm sure there'll be a lot of pushback. And the back of that saying, hang on a second, how can they implement it? This doesn't make sense in the way they're trying to put it through. So most of these shares rebounded quite strongly, especially Discovery, which went up five and a half percent at the death. That was a huge, uh, don't call it the death, Uh, (laughs) the the close of play on the 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 day. Um, (laughs) And the mining sector also seems to be quite sanguine about even some of the more um, challenging proposals that have come through in the mining charter as well. We've been dealing a lot with that mining this, this whole year, whole year and this, the mining has been overhanging it and, of course, the land redistribution. There's been so many issues that have been put onto the market and a lot of noise from many different points. And what we've also seen is that 
your commodities have been coming under pressure because of, of, of dollar volatility, dollar strengthening. The commodities have come under some pressure. And the dollar drifted weaker today, thanks to, to what's been happening in the White House with, with some, of the, some of the Republicans pushing back on trade wars. And who knows what happens with Mr. Trump there. But on the back of a dollar weakening this afternoon, we've seen some of those mining stocks recover quite nicely. Yeah, the mining stocks did bounce nicely. Kumba Iron Ore was up. It was quite interesting today to see Ferrari, General Motors, Ford even, going lower after Donald Trump threatened. I mean, just as there was one statement out of the White House that said, look, 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 let's go and talk to China and let's stop fighting over trade. And then Donald Trump does his... Uh, open mouth operations on social media <laughs> saying we're going to put a 20% tariff on all cars coming into the US. And he's going, oh, come on. Can somebody just provide some stability, please? But he's hell-bent on not doing that. And I thought BMW South Africa was still exporting the X3 to the US. They were making a left-hand drive vehicle. They yeah. had Roslyn. Apparently, they've stopped doing that. They're now mm -hmm. exporting just to Europe. But I think Mercedes-Benz in East London, big factory in East London that you may have seen there before, yes. they do about 500 cars a day for the US market, left-hand drive C-classes. Um, you know, you start throwing tariffs onto global car markets and suddenly really important South African industries get nailed as, as a result of this sort of stupidity. There's a, lot, there's a lot, of, lot of this going on, Bruce, and a lot of noise. I mean, a lot of people are saying, now, where do we go from this? So what you're finding down is in the market is a lot of people are buckling down and saying, where are we going to go with this? Mr. Trump is making all this noise, and it's causing the volatility on the currencies. It's causing volatility on the commodities. I and mean, we also saw as on OPEC today looking to produce another million dollars a million but, barrels. Barrels, barrels. They barrels, barrels of oil, and that's helped the oil price, and yeah, which but, but has helped so, the oil, but, but oil was, is That was better. so interesting. I mean, here, you, here you've got um, OPEC meeting today, and there was lots of speculation that they could lead to a big jump in oil production. They've agreed to just one million extra barrels a day. Mm -hmm. I mean, the politics of OPEC makes the politics of South Africa look pretty calm and benign by comparison. Um, but yeah, a little bit of a dent in the oil price. Boy, we, we could use that down to $74.50 or thereabouts. We, Hopefully, we, we can sure sustain could. some downward pressure. You know, with the pressure that we've got on the, on the Rand on the Rand petrol price in South Africa, and you know, Cecil came off a little bit today, mainly because of the Rand strengthening mm. on the back of dollar weakness as well. But OPEC has a, is a is a huge issue in the shale gas story. Of course, at the current levels, the anticipation is oil should come off, mainly because of, at these levels, the shale shale gas um, projects in America are, are profitable. So anticipation is oil could probably break below $70 on Brent. Well, we, we that'll help us. Yeah, certainly we, we absolutely need it. I'm just looking at the Dow. Um, or for what is now a ninth straight day. I mean, the the, the Dow until this morning um, it was down for eight straight days. I look at it now, down two-thirds of a percentage point below the 25,000 level. The Dow in the U.S. coming under a huge amount of pressure. Is that a result of the, of the strength that we're seeing in, in the U.S. dollar? It's part of that, but I think it's also the uncertainty of, of, of Mr. Of Trump mm. and the trade and the trade wars because that's not good, not just not good for the U.S., it's not good for global markets. So that puts uncertainty in the global markets. Everybody rushes back. And we've also seen on that the interest rates going higher in the U.S., and that's forcing people to go back into bonds, which is hovering around the 10-year Treasury on the nearly 3%, 2.9, slightly firmer today. But the... Market is just nervous, and so they're holding back and going back into U.S. dollars, which is affecting emerging market currencies and emerging markets because of the trade wars. So we do need to see some end to that at some stage, but our Trump seems to be continuing to push it, and it's not helping at this stage mm. on the world market. So people are going to more defensive, and we're seeing some of the core defensive old staples like a British tobacco and a Bitcoin and a, perhaps a little bit of Anheuser-Busch, which could come off a lot previously, 
starting to recover and a bit of interest being shown in those good old companies again. No, it's nice to see. Um, Nasbert, are you as much of an optimist on Nasbert as Paul Turan is? We are. We do. We do, and I do believe that uh, Naspers has, has definitely more upside, especially with what they what they're getting into and the cash that they're sitting on and the markets they're trading. It's trading at a very big discount to embedded value. I think the fair value is about four hundred and fifty Hong Kong dollars, which is close to five thousand. And we put a twenty percent discount on that. It's probably a thousand points upside on this. And a bit, but a thousand points or a thousand, thousand rand. rand. I mean, and that, so you agree then with Paul Turon that the patient shall be rewarded eventually when the market realizes that hold on a second, there's this gap. You can buy Nuspars, which has got a whole bunch of other stuff other than just ten cent, but even just that is cheaper than what you can buy 10 cent for it's still a core holding in most in most south african portfolios especially because it's making up at nearly 20 percent of the index um and the the, the problem though if you are an index investor versus somebody who buys a managed portfolio you wouldn't dare put more than four or five percent into a managed portfolio would you would you dare to go to 10 percent whereas if you're an index investor you you've you've automatically got 20 percent of nice I think it's very important that a lot of people are very reluctant to go over 15 because of what's happened previously in Steinoff and, and, and other industries that so you don't want, you want to diversify your portfolio. So it's hard to go up to a full weighting in NASPERS, I do agree. Um, so when you do the index, you do get that weighting, but you also get a, a coverage of um, not only NASPERS, but you're getting coverage of, an, of 40 stocks over, over 20 odd stocks possibly in a, in a direct managed portfolio. And you can be sometimes more selective on those other stocks that you're holding because you're catching all the others in the portfolio yeah. as well. So there's a swing and a, and a roundabout on index tracking versus a direct equity portfolio. Most certainly is. Uh, thanks to you, Garth Curry, for coming in this evening from Sunlum Private Wealth. It's brought to you by Old Mutual. Investing with Africa for Africa. Listing on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange on 26 June. Old Mutual. Do great things. This is The Money Show. I'm Bruce Whitfield. Now, coming up on your next Money Show, the author Sam Beck-Bessinger and her book, Manage Your Money Like a Grown-Up. It's got a rude word in a book title. Brilliant. Can't wait. Join me to talk about that one. Also for radio and TV personality, Mark Pilgrim. Can't wait to see him on Make Money Mondays. Did you know that he's an avid listener to The Money Show podcast? You can be an avid listener to The Money Show podcast too. I can't wait to see Mark Pilgrim. Mark Pilgrim, if you're listening to the podcast, you know I can't wait to see you next time on The Money Show. The Money Show on 702. Your number one news and talk station. Time of the best bits on The Money Show, and we want you to be inspired to go and download a podcast and have a listen to our podcast and share the podcast with your friends and your family and even those you don't like because everybody needs a little bit of money show in their lives. Yeah, this week, the National Health Insurance uh, legislation was, was tabled. It was gazetted this week. And look, there's a huge amount of water to flow under the health insurance bridge in South Africa. There's a massively ambitious plan here in a failed health system, a health system which already is per capita one of the most expensive in terms of tax revenue committed to health it's just poorly run and poorly managed that's one of the biggest failings adding more money into the mix is something that is not going to solve the problem what we did was we asked neil kirby the head of healthcare at worksman's attorneys to try and make sense of the new bills the medical schemes amendment bill and the national health insurance bill intended to move south africa towards this really noble and glorious goal of universal access to quality health care if we could the confidence that the state could achieve it, well, then it would be fine. He is predicting a big fight in the healthcare sector over this. Well, I think that the potential for a fight is there. I think that you know what you're doing is you 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 are attacking an existing system. Maybe attacking is the, is the wrong word, but you are now trying to address 
an existing system to to align it with a, with a government policy concerning access to healthcare services. Uh, it's a bit like unscrambling the egg at this point in time because the initial amendments to the Medical Schemes Act were all dressed up as the way and means to address the access access to healthcare services. Yes. I accept the point that the fact that we have an amendment to the Medical Schemes Act means there'll be a role for medical schemes into the future. But that not that is not of much comfort when one looks at what that role might have to be. And how many medical schemes might be able to fulfill that role is another question that one has to ask. Because, as you say, I mean, if I'm paying for both my National Health Insurance Fund and my medical scheme... Um, I might not be too inclined to want to keep the medical scheme benefit as that, as that is the voluntary side of my decision in terms of how I spend my money. And if you then don't keep the medical scheme and you then opt into the national health scheme, well, then you put additional pressure on a national health scheme, which requires more funding. And, yeah, it's a vicious circle. It really is. Another hot topic on government's agenda right now, the third draft of the mining charter. This is the one that replaces Mosabenzizwane's ham-fisted attempt to try to get some kind of fairness into South African mining. And uh, Gwede Mantashe, publishing this particular mining charter, open for negotiation, he said he knows he has to negotiate on it because there are some pretty stiff clauses in it which do run the risk of making new projects in South Africa is sub-economic to embark on. And if mining is sub-economic to embark on, then you lose the, the future jobs that will come from future mining investment. Uh, a friend of mine in Mexico from my school days emailed me this week and just was a really clear and plaintive appeal to the state to reconsider. He wants to come to South Africa and invest in mines. He's done it before and says, under the current regime, the way in which it's worded, the way in which it's structured, Mexico is a far more attractive destination for him to go and mine over the next decade. We spoke to Brandon Ersegler. He is the director of Strata Legal on Tuesday for the science of the mining charter. And I said to him, what are the three hot buttons in the charter for you? The um, free carry is going to be an issue. The second issue is the trickle dividend. Um, it's not as bad as it looks, but people need to look carefully at it. The third industry, the third um, issue is the, the board representation and the mandatory um, empowerment, uh, levels of empowerment at the board. Um, I think that's, that's going to really push um, a transformation agenda within um, you know, the management and, uh, of businesses. And that's, there might be some pushback, but on what grounds, I don't know. That's Brandon Ersliger, the director at Strata Legal, on the concerns that he has and he sees and the fights that he sees coming, the pushback from industry coming through on that one. A Make Money Monday special edition guest on Monday uh, was Max Dupre. He is the renowned journalist. He is a celebrated author. He's a nice guy, is Max Dupre, believe it or not, unless you're on the receiving end, of course, of his acerbic columns. But uh, I was chatting to him about money and how much money he had saved and how much money he had made and how much money he had lost over time investing in Freya Wierkblatt and legal battles that followed that. And he said to me, you know what, I might just not actually ever retire. I have no investment anywhere. I'm not a shareholder of anything. I keep on telling my EFF friends when they attack me, white privilege, and I said, I don't own a company. I'm not the director of a company. I don't own shares. I don't have savings um, so, you know, I have property yeah, and all paid up and that's good. And, and the, uh, then there's the idea of retirement. Yeah. That's a foreign concept. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. I, do people still retire? 
Some do, apparently, but then they've... Why would they retire? What is the concept? I I don't don't get it. I remember talking to a former chief executive about a week before he was retiring. He was like a kid about to write his last matric exam. Or like the troopy who was, you know, you'll remember the guys who went to do national service, about to finish his national service. It was... He resented every day of his work life. He was turning 60 and he was able to retire and he couldn't have been more pleased. And I just thought... That is so tragic. You've had a horrible. You've made lots and lots of money, and you'll never have to worry about a thing ever again. But you've hated the last forty years of your life, and that's the best time of your life. Yeah, it's like money wasted on youth. Yeah, no, I, I, um, I don't think about that stuff. Uh, I'm very active. I'm more active now than, than I suppose ever before. I make a fair amount of money, and I'm having great fun. And if I get so old that I, I have limited freedom of movement in my body, I'll keep on writing. I write books. I've written 14 books. Lots of I books. like it. Um, so I have no complaints. Do you have art? Do you have, have you rebuilt your art collection? No, not really. No, not really. And I, I wondered the other day because I had some Betty Celia Barnards. I had a couple of prints from John Mufangeo. Uh, I even had a, a, a William Kentridge uh, painting. I had Marlene Dumas. And if I look at the prices now, I would have been... Don't do that. I would have been fairly wealthy. <laughs> but it's, it, was, it was a good investment. Even though it worked out finan- didn't work out financially, it worked out for me. A contribution to democracy. Max Dupree still has a criminal record for his activities as an anti-apartheid activist and a journalist during those times. Suppression of Communism Act and all of that sort of stuff. Why is that stuff not being expunged? <sighs> he maintains it's just because nobody stays in their jobs in government long enough and their big issues in competence. But yeah, and he's given up, I think. We also spoke to Nick Cleland this week. Now, he's written a book, a red rag to a bull kind of book called Spin the Art of Managing the Media. He is the chief executive at Resolve Communications. They go around and they activate and they help alert the media to news stories. And it's all with an agenda um, because that's the way they like to manage the media. I asked him, what exactly is spin? Spin was not my first choice for the title of this book. No, but, but, but look, I mean, let's talk about that's, spin. That's the nature of the it industry, is. the information management industry. It is, absolutely. And that's the thing. That's the, it's also the thing that's quite useful to use when you're the opposition of a politician. Ah, oh, that spin. Or if you're a journalist, oh my goodness, he's spinning me. So, you know, we live in a world where there's this fiercely competitive vying for your space to connect with a voter to achieve an outcome. And so if you do not know how to play this game, someone else will and you will lose. And that's the point. What's wrong with truth? Um, in, in Nothing's the, wrong with truth. But, but why then is there this obsession with spinning the truth to deliver the most palatable version of it? Rather because than everyone wants to win. No matter who they are, they want to win. Their company must succeed. My party must succeed. I'm going to win and I'm going to use everything that I've got to make sure that you lose. That's the world we live in. Is spin... Fact or is spin fiction? Spin is the facts used to make sure that you win. When last did you lie for a client? I don't lie for clients. Um, yeah, there we go. That is the, uh, those are the wise words on The Money Show earlier this week of Nick Cleland, who is a, we won't like it, spin 
doctor. Coming up next, your chance to be the Wiz of the Brutal Biz Quiz. Your chance, of course, to have bragging rights to say, hey, you know what? I'm the Wiz of the Biz Quiz. I won it because I competed. I participated. I phoned 011-8830702 when Bruce told me to. Or 021, if you're in Cape Town. 021-446-0567 because Bruce told me to. And he asked me a question and I could answer it. And then I answered a whole bunch more questions and I became the Wiz of the Biz Quiz. Very prestigious, that title. Which Afrikaans newspaper launched in 19 1988 was known for consistently running stories that opposed the apartheid government. What was the name of that newspaper that ruined the financial life of Max Dupria? All of that in a moment. The Money Show. The Biz Quiz. Time for the Brutal Biz Quiz on a Friday night. Bragging rights for the whole of the week. If you are the wizard of the Brutal Biz Quiz, give us a call on 011-8830702-021-446-0567. Let us go to Clive in Plett first. Uh, Clive, what was the Afrikaans newspaper that stood up against the apartheid state to the cost of Max Dupria? Freya Wierkblatt. Freya Wierkblatt. Were you a subscriber, Clive, to Freya Wierkblatt? You were? Okay, that's good. I spoke to Max Dupree this week and he said it ruined his financial life. Which is the only profitable airline in Africa? I mean, we're talking about uh, an international carrier. International carrier in Africa. Um, Kenya? Kenya. Kenya. I'm afraid not, Clive. They've gone through a really, really, really tough time at Kenya Airways. I met the chairman last week, incidentally. Had a great chat with him. But, um, yeah, they're going through a big turnaround process. 11 If you want to play the Brutal Biz quiz this evening, Kevin was there and he went, oh, no, in case he comes to me, I can't possibly answer the question. So which is the only profitable international carrier on the African continent? Which one is it? Um, there are a couple that are doing quite well at the moment. There are a couple that are doing quite badly at the moment. Let us uh, take your calls this evening. Linda in Parkwood. Hi there, Ethiopian Airlines. Ethiopian Airlines. Absolutely right, Linda in Parkwood. Ethiopian in our Africa-connected uh, slot this week, Lee Kasumba, told us about the airline and she flew with them and she met the management and she said it was wonderful. How good's your, how good's your chemistry, Linda? Oh, uh, depending on which chemistry you're talking about. <laughs> oh, 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 Linda, you saucy thing. Now, listen, um, the chemical element, it's the symbol P and atomic number 15. The Colin Cullis was talking about it this week. It's a critical uh, ingredient in, it's a critical ingredient in fertilizer. What is the P15 on the, on, the, on, the, on the table? What's it called, the periodic table? Oh, God, it wouldn't be phosphorus. It would be phosphorus. Your chemistry knowledge is brilliant, Linda. It really is. Phosphorus it is. Um, which head of state is the only woman in the world, the female head of state, who is on maternity leave right now? What country is... The name's a bit tough. Well, what country does she represent? Oh, gosh, you got me there. Uh, but, you knew, um, but you knew your period... Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, it's not a team sport, Linda. Uh, Richard... Which, which, which country's Prime Minister is on maternity leave? Um, I'd have to guess and say Australia. Australia. Oh, you're close, but he wouldn't like it because he wouldn't be on maternity leave, the guy there. Uh, Spencer. Hello. Hello. Ah, uh, crap. Um, is it. Uh, geez, um. 
Um, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, was nice, it was nice to have you umming and eyeing, though. Thanks for that. Uh, Wayne and Milderton, can you um and ah with some more specific detail? Yes, it's New Zealand. New Zealand. What's her name? Uh, I forget. Jacinda Ahern is her name. 37 years old. She's given birth this week and is taking a little bit of time off. What does the idiom spin a yarn mean, Wayne? The Money Show is brought to you by Old Mutual. Investing with Africa for Africa. Listing on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange on 26 June. Old Mutual. Do great things. Sports talk coming next because Bucks got a cod. Sports talk is coming up next with a magnificent Mark Lewis. Despite I the promise fact not that he to cough has, on here. He has <laughs> the most serious bout of man flu since I had it last but week. But I'm here, Bruce, and I'm fighting through it. Yeah, because you got to just tell everybody how miserable you feel. Don't be miserable. Listen to Mark on Sports Talk. Thanks Good for night. listening.